Hey friends, welcome to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. And on today's show, I am joined by one of my dearest friends, Sarah. And we are bringing you a recap of episode one of the Gossip Girl sequel, reboot. We're gonna get into it. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm super excited. Now, for the listeners of the show, we are doing a recap of episode one. I don't remember what the title of episode one is, but it doesn't really matter because we don't care. Just another girl in the MTA. Thank you. And we'll continue to do so throughout the series airing. And I believe they're only going to air the first six episodes and then make us wait for the rest, which is fucked up. Okay. Now, let's dive in. First, the recap. The recap. Okay, the recap. In our first episode in meeting the new students of Constance Billard mm-hmm. and St. Jude's. And St. Jude's, yeah. It begins like an episode of Glee. It really does. <laughs> and I really couldn't get that out of my head the entire time I was watching it. Yeah. Much like the first series, it, it begins with like how a lot of teen dramas start where the kids are getting ready for their first day of school and we go to each kid's house and you kind of get a glimpse at what the dynamic might be in their home. And then also we get introduced to the main teachers, Mm -hmm. which play an important factor in this portion of the Gossip Girl universe. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say the Gossip Girl universe because this is not a reboot. It's a sequel. This is a continuation. Yeah. Oh, continuation's Um, better. I like that better. It's a continuation of the original storyline. And this morning, Josh Schwartz announced that original front runners from the original series, several of them are going to be in episode 10 in the fall. Oh my and God. To that's how the Easter eggs throughout. That's how they're going to get everybody to come back. So if the first six episodes are, are terrible, terrible, we're still going to tune we're in. We're going to come right 10. back in. <laughs> so we meet all these kids. So we meet all these kids and we get a quick glimpse of their dynamic in their home, a quick glimpse of their socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. and the inner workings of the rankings within the top 1% and how there's wealthy and there's just rich. Right. And then there's middle-class girl from nowhere. And the premise, which was interesting to me is that you have these two girls, Zoya and Julene, who we later find out not that much later that they're half sisters. Yes. They're half sisters. And that it was a, it was tabloid fodder when it happened because Julia's Julian, Julian, Julian. Yeah. I don't know why I Julian. thought Julian. Yeah. Julian. Julian's mother, mother left her father, who was a record producer for a nobody Yeah, and had another daughter. I'm With not that. understanding how they're both the same age when well, she's one's the- 16, one's 14. I thought they were both freshmen. See, I, no, I must've missed that. Julian Julian's is, Cause it's real quick in the beginning where she's like, where the, what's her face Monet is like, you know, first day of junior year. But if you, it was the second time watching the episode that I caught that. Okay. Yeah. I did not catch that. I'm sorry. So that's the prem. That's what I think the premise of the show is going to be is the dynamics between the two, not just because they're half sisters, but because they're trying to pull the Blair Serena. Right. And then are we full on diving into spoiler alerts on our show for yeah, right? 100%. So yeah, they're, they're sisters and it comes out that Julian 
aided in getting her sister into the Zoya into the school Mm -hmm. and did not tell Zoya that she was the one who helped her get into the school but also how how naive can you be that you think that you're you're very very super wealthy half sister didn't have anything to do with you getting into the school she goes to yeah I but she's 14 so maybe she is that naive potentially. So throughout the whole episode, we have these sort of situations, but let's, let's touch on the teachers really quickly and how they play into this particular episode. So this is why all I can think about is Glee. We're living in a world where the students no longer feel any kind of respect or threat from or even consequence from their educators. And so they, they knock a teacher over and spill coffee all over her and a student and blame it on her. They get a teacher fired for not changing a grade all within the first episode. Mm -hmm. So you get this real preview into the fact that they, they rule the school, right? Whereas in the first series, the students often said they ruled the school and the teachers were kind of anonymous and not really super important. They weren't really a part of the storyline. They went to school, but like, did they ever really go to school? Did we ever really see them in class? So this is more of a it touches on that teacher relationship, right? But the, the hijinks by the teachers makes it kind of campy for me. Yes. So, so to kind of deviate a little bit from the recap, I did not care for finding out who gossip girl is in, in the, the first, first episode. episode. I was so angry. <laughs> I was angry as well. And then, and then to add to that, you have this sort of like fight or flight feel to the response of them doing it and it just feels icky it's fine and not in an icky way of like this is you know good trashy tv icky in a way where you're just like you know i met what made gossip girl og so great was because the tips came in anonymously and that students not just students people all around people all around sent in tips to Gossip Girl. So Mm -hmm. Gossip Girl really wasn't one person. I mean, it was one person. It was Dan Humphrey, right? Right. We're not, we're not ruining anything. No, that's very, it's at this point, if you don't know that. we didn't find that out until season six. And I think episode five. Right. So (laughs) or even episode six, like the final episode we find out. Right off the bat on the show, we are finding out that it's the teachers, a group of teachers. A group of teachers, which is even more awkward because so, okay. So those of you who've been listening, you understand and know that I do social media in my day life. And the thing that always stresses me out is when other people want access to our platforms, because that makes you move more vulnerable for hacking and whatnot. So the whole time I'm like, you guys are going to get fucking caught because you're dumbass people who don't understand that you probably shouldn't be sharing login, the login information on each of your devices, because vulnerable point number one number two you're probably like texting these pictures to each other to get them so then now you have a fucking quote paper trail like receipts receipts for days for days and then also for people who didn't know earlier in the day that twitter wasn't going to get them where they needed to go with these gen z yeah students um gen z right yeah yeah gen z gen z students is and then the, by that night, they're experts at it and they figured it all out and they, and they figured out their algorithms and their, 
they know what to do. Yeah, and, that's so cute and, to me. I've got people who work in social media who still can't figure that shit out. Right. <laughs> and so there's the the I'm giving the leaveability on on the whole premise of how Gossip Girl 2.0, mm-hmm. as they named it, came to be. I'm giving that like a D minus. Okay. Like everything about it for me is a D minus. And that layer for me is super campy. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not knocking the show. I'm just saying that for me, I could it, it takes me out of the world of Gossip Girl. Yeah. So every time we cut to a scene where the teachers are the plotting. teachers are plotting like children, but they're supposed to be the adults in the mm-hmm. situation, and not even in a soap opera way, more like a campy, kind of cheesy, cheesy kind yeah. of way. It, it's it's just it takes me out of the element of the show. Yeah. So oh, we we way digress. That's okay. <laughs> because here, but here's the thing about it when we live in a day and age where the concept of gossip girl could be so great, right? Because it was so revolutionary when the books released in 2002, because this idea of like, oh my gosh, like we, that didn't exist before. Like those things didn't exist before. And then you have the show that sort of builds on that with the blog and all this stuff. Now we have social media. We have accounts that are dedicated to spilling celebrity gossip, blind items, et cetera. Like, why didn't you tap into that concept a little bit better so, is what I'm thinking. So Josh Swartz mm-hmm. is an executive producer on the new one. Right. He was on the first one as well. Right. I definitely feel his age. It's yeah. It's a bad thing to say. No, I it's not because, he- because NPR even in their, in their review of the show said something to the effect of some, something similar. Like it feels like a bunch of 40 year old women having these sort of situations Kind of wish I hadn't read that article before I watched the episode because I can't unsee it. Well, I did not <laughs> read the article yet, but it does feel like more Real Housewives mm-hmm. than it does teen drama. Yes. And the other thing I want to touch on there is okay, so storyline goes, recap goes. Uh, girls meet at school. They they then meet in a bathroom, and you, they reveal it, it's revealed to the audience that they know each other and they they knew of course they knew they were half sisters but also they know each other and they have been cultivating a relationship via dms and text messaging for a few years mm-hmm. and their parents don't know and their, their fathers have, don't know yeah their fathers have not no even, idea not even the friend groups know mom is deceased that's that comes up very quickly in the beginning the girl julian is an influencer mm-hmm on uh, social media Mm -hmm. and she has two crony best friends who kind of just live for her yeah which Um, which one of them the third one the blonde I forget her name Audrey she she felt more of a Blair vibe to me than Julian Audrey Hope Audrey Hope so what's interesting about Audrey Hope she's played by an actress named Emily Lind and Emily Lind is probably has the most credits out of anybody oh, on okay. that show. I mean, amazing credits. She's, um, she was in Dr. Sleep with Ewan McGregor a couple oh. years ago. Um, also she just, I love that she Scottish had an man. album come out last year and I went ahead and listened to it and it gives me like singer songwriter. It's really well done. Um, she's incredibly talented. So I'm actually really excited to see if they're going to develop her character in a way that showcases that she's an incredible talent mm-hmm. that they scored. And a lot of the other actors who are in the show are, they're either coming off of 
other teen soap type things. I know that the girl who plays Zoya, mm-hmm. um, she played Judith Blackwood in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh. Um, so she was one of Father Blackwood's, the twins that okay. go into purgatory and he, and yeah. then they come back and they live in the dollhouse. She was one of those twins and she's only 18 years old. Okay. She's probably the youngest cast member. Yeah. Everybody else is 25, 26. Around. Um, yeah. She's, she's the youngest one. You know, Thomas Doherty, we know him from Disney. Right. Um, and I believe he was on a soap opera in England that we don't get, but it's on BBC. Okay. Prior to being on the Disney channel. So, but Emily Lind has actual like, credits lots of credits um so I'm interested to see where her character goes and I feel like the friend group I feel like the friend group is too big because in the sense of so you have all seven people what was great about the original Gossip Girl was you had like a core five and then you had like sub characters that didn't really need to be there but they helped sort of move certain storylines forward when you have like an ensemble cast like this one where you need that rival. So the rival is going to be the two sisters. Okay. That we, I think. Created rival. The created rival between the two sisters. Because in the in the end, the teachers decide that they need to create a rival. That's part of the and premise because, for Gossip Girl. Because the, the premise is thin. Yeah. Of course, the two girls fall for it. Hook, line, and sinker by the end of episode one. And they're, and they're mortal enemies. And yeah, they're parting ways. Stupid. So. But, but because of that, then you have... Um, but then you have these other characters because there's like little bits throughout the show. I don't know if you, you um, noticed them, but when we first meet uh, Matt Wolf, uh-huh. he's super adorable. And I think he's super, super handsome. And I'm glad he's over 18 because now I can feel okay about thinking he's handsome. <laughs> but when you, when you sort of, when you see them so, sort of come together as a friend group, he and um, Audrey Hope's boyfriend have a moment. Yes. A really um, sweet and tender moment that is like, but it's quick. Aki, Aki, Aki. That's his name, Aki. On the show? Yes. Is that right? I should have written down. I, I'm terrible I at this so. game. So I was just so excited that I it was get, finally here. I get strong, strong. Obviously, spoiler alert, Max Wolf's character is clearly. Um, Chuck Bass. Yes and no. I don't get the creep vibe off of him. No. I get the um, sexually fluid party guy. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> um, but I but I don't, right like, now, you know, I don't get mm-hmm. creep off of him. Right. And I um, feel like that could potentially come later. It could. I also, though, see, I, I definitely see his character developing with Audrey and... Aki. Aki. Evan. Aki. Maybe it's Evan. I think his real name is Evan. So Aki. his real name is Evan Mock. Okay. The actor's so name is Evan Mock. His so character's we'll just name is Aki. 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 I see that relationship being like a really fun side story arc. Um, and I'm, I'm I agree. excited I actually, to see that. I actually want to see more of him than I do any of the others at this point yes. because. And when we two- first meet him, there's three adults in his house. Not that we need people to explain their lives, but I am curious how it all fits. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like Julian's two friends mm-hmm. or two side girls. Yeah. Um, Monet and oh, what's the other one called? To me, they're disposable and they're still disposable. They're just classic mean girls doing classic mean girl shit. 
Yeah, because they're they're awful. Like Jolene comes off as this really sweet, nice person in the beginning. And by the end of episode one, you're just like, oh, maybe you're like the rest of them. I still think she's a sweet, nice person. I think she's so worried about losing the only thing she has. Mm. And I say the only thing she has because we hear that her dad is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and that he's not present a lot. Um, and that she she goes into a whole conversation about how she worked so hard to become to an influencer. She, yeah. And that's an interesting thing about the generation below us is that we did not completely come of age with nothing but social media. Right. We had magazines to stare at and cause us to be eating disorder ridden, right. Makeup buying shoppers, right. Um, shopaholics, right. Instagram didn't even show up until we were like, but we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have this whole lifestyle in our face, in our hand from the time we're nine years old, 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so to her, that is life being that is everything in life. And she's afraid to lose it. Which is very common. I feel like that would be a very normal thing to feel when you're in that. When you've gotten that far Mm -hmm. and, um, and not recognizing there are a lot of influencers that come from apartments in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of influencers like this character who come from wealthy families and, um, large labels give them things and they, and they built that as a brand for themselves Instead of building on any talent you might have, right, you're going to do this instead. Now you have to find something that you can do. Right. Um, so Juline is team mixed girl. I don't know if the actress is mixed in real life, but the character she's playing on the show is mixed. She is mixed. Oh, fabulous. But she yes. said that she like, feels like win. the role was written for her. I love that. And the guy that plays her dad, Luke Kirby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have this theory that you can draw everything back to Gossip Girl. I mean, not Gossip Girl. <laughs> you can draw everything back to Gilmore Girls. Oh, yes. Luke Kirby is Lenny Bruce on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is developed and created by Amy, Amy Sherman Palladino, who also created Gilmore Girls. <laughs> it's a six degrees. It's a six degrees. <laughs> um, but when I saw him come in to her closet to say, oh, I have to go to LA, blah, blah. I was like, please give me more of him because I love you. I think we will see. I'm not sure we will get the meddling parents the way we did in the beginning series in the first series. Yeah. Um, but you never know right now. It seems to be the adult center is on this group of four teachers who mm-hmm. have created a backyard club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Does this qualify as bullying students? It's like a he-man woman haters club. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like, don't you think that you could get fired? Like, I feel you're like gonna get you're going to get fired. Like you're Maybe worried about fired like- not getting, changing the grades, but this is actually like, I feel like this could be punishable by law. But maybe they feel like, fuck it. But yes, I feel like this could definitely be punishable by law. Um, taking photos of people without their permission mm-hmm. and underaged mm-hmm. people without their permission um, in various states of undress. Yeah. Um, stalking. There's just like a whole list a of whole things. List. And when it was Dan Humphrey and he was a fellow student who was just jealous and just trying to do something for himself that would look great on his college applications and he's a total douchebag. <laughs> 
he was just a douchebag. Unfortunately, he ruined Penn Badgley for me. Oh, um, well, if that didn't ruin it, then you would ruin it. You people know what I mean? actually have that sick obsession with him where they actually like Joe. Like they like to hate Joe. Seriously? Like they, they think Joe is sexy, even though Joe is a creeping serial killer. Um, wow. That's, yeah. that's really telling. So, yeah. So that's a thing, but Penn Badgley as Dan Humphreys, he, yeah. I will never see him in any light other than being that guy yeah um I do think but that's much different than a group of we're assuming okay we're assuming the the youngest they could be 23 24 23 24 24. they had to go through because like what are the rules in New York to be able to teach you know what I mean not every state has a credentialing program like California New York I believe New York does have a credentialing program okay um however private schools don't necessarily don't necessarily require it um, and there is a conversation that happens in the nightclub in Dumbo. Oh yeah. Is where they are, where they talk, um, where Zoya. Zoya's character talks about how private school teachers are actually paid less than yeah. public school teachers in the state of New York and how they make less than customer sales representatives. Mm-hmm. And it's just like terrible, like yeah. it's a terrible, terrible job. Yep. I don't, I don't know if in real life, those statistics are true. I wish I would have looked that up before we yeah. talked about this. Um, because why, why would you do it? Why wouldn't you go work for a title one school in the Bronx? And then, well, like the blonde girl said, because it's the school that produced Colson Whitehead is the only name I remember that she mentioned. Oh, and Nate Archibald. Nate Archibald. There was a couple references to the OGs, which Nate, I love. Nate Archibald. Yes. Nate. Okay. We're going to have to do an, an OG gossip girl episode because I got thoughts on Nate Archibald. <sighs> But we can't, we, oh, he's so So stupid, so cute. He's so hot. It's not okay how hot he is, but we'll, we'll get to. He's aging well too. He is aging well. And now I'm just like, hmm, we'd have beautiful children. Is that a thing you want, Chase Crawford? Are you dating somebody? Is this inappropriate? Am I lusting after somebody's boyfriend? Cause that's not okay. (laughs) I feel like it's okay to window shop. Anybody. You're not buying. You're just, I'm just looking. looking. Yeah. It's okay to look. But. Did you, I could, I didn't catch the, so Zoya's dad at the end of the episode finds out. Yes. And he has an email from somebody, but I can't, I've watched the episode twice and I still can't catch who it's from before he deletes it. So listeners, we will come back to that next week and find out. And if any of you find out who it is before we do drop it in the comments when we drop this and let us know because I'm the, cause I, my, I speculate that it's the other dad. But it may not be because the other dad seems like he's blissfully ignorant because he's self-consumed with his DJing career, which if Luke Kirby showed up, I would be okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Come DJ at our clubs. They're not as great as the ones in LA, but you know what? We'll turn up. (laughs) I think that as a 30, late 30 something watching this show, I'm coming into it myself at a different space mm-hmm. than when I was 22 and the original show aired. Mm-hmm. When the original show aired, although the students were in high school, I very much felt connected to the students and I felt a relationship to the students in, in seeing it in myself and seeing it in things I wanted in life and seeing it in seeing the luxury they had mm-hmm. and it being on par with what girls my age were wanting to attain. 
And it was still attainable because we were so young. Yes. Now at 37, you know. Watching it feels. I'm going to watch it. Yes, obviously. <laughs> I am, a, I am watching it hook, feels. Hook, line, and sinker, I am in. Oddly voyeuristic. Okay. Almost like I'm too old. I'm too old to be. It's a raccoon. We're in my backyard. <laughs> There's a raccoon. I, just, I live by a river. I was just checking. I'm almost too old to be watching this. Mm -hmm. It's almost going to be like a sick, guilty pleasure. I think that's going to be I'm, true for all of us over 30, if and we're going to be honest. outing myself mm -hmm. by agreeing to record this, that I'm watching oh. this. <laughs> You're the reason why I started on Gossip Girl, <laughs> by the way. This is all your fault. I will say one of my OG Gossip Girl loving friends who I used to text back and forth with every week mm -hmm. about this show we don't talk all the time, but she contacted me today and was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Are we watching it? Yes. Yes. We're watching it, girl. We're going to watch it. <laughs> so to your point though, there's a lot of things that I'm like, obviously New York children are different than the children in the area in which we live. Obviously yes. that's true for anything, but there's a scene between Audrey and her boyfriend where I'm just like, well, first of all, I was not that evolved sexually. <laughs> and for her to be self-aware enough that she's having some sort of psychological mind fuck when they're having intimacy they're <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I'm like my mom listens to the show um and like is that is is that like oh man like I can't imagine a 16 year old being that self-aware that sexually evolutionized that's not a thing but I'm trying to make it right you know where I'm thing. going I get it because you're you're 16 you're or at least in, in my state you're clumsy you're awkward you know you're still trying to figure you're out how to about like your boobs being two different sizes and, or and, what your body looks like naked yes and like the stretch you know, mark on your thigh and oh shit I forgot a tampon and like you know, it's yes. just little weird things about all the hormones that are running through that are making you feel super insecure and not very self-aware and not very self like, and we've had this conversation before friend where I'm just like, no, I know I was a very beautiful person at one point and I'm <laughs> determined to get back there. But like, even in that mindset of knowing that I was beautiful at 16, I still wasn't like my sexuality was, my sexuality right. didn't exist. Right. It was not evolved at all. I don't so, even think I was that aware until late twenties. So the first, the first season, the first OG Gossip Girl, we see a little bit of that insecurity in Blair Waller. Yes. We have not viewed the sexuality of all of the characters yet. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be interested to see which character that is or where that comes in and not just the innocent virgin right. arc, but also the physically insecure, yeah. emotionally insecure, emotionally unavailable teenage lust. Right. Um, Cause their, their friends make comments about how they're monogamous and married, you know, that's their relationship. And, and it feels, and yes, there are couples that exist like that in the sense of like, oh, they can't do anything without each other because they're dating and hooked to, hooked to each other, but to the level of which they're so aware. And he, he even, so but Nate the, and Blair were a power couple. Yes. 
And they were the monogamous couple that everybody wanted to be. And I feel like it's interesting that in this series, we see storylines that are snippets, little parcels mm -hmm. of main storylines from the old series. Mm. And they're, it's not that they're being rehashed. It's that it's like they've been diversified. Sure. They've divvied it up. There's not a clear Chuck. There's not yeah, a there's clear not a, Blair. There's, there's not a clear Nate. It's not a remake. It's right. a continuation. And those are added, those are human nature attitudes. And those are situations that happen tale as old as time. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I am interested to see like how you said that this is NPR said something about 40 year old women mm -hmm. and producers writing a show about teenagers. And I feel like, yes, I feel like this is not as fresh. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cause I feel like even though I, you know, we were pretty sophisticated for 16 in our time, but we weren't at that level. No. And I feel like also these characters and it's hard not to compare. You don't want to compare because it's not supposed to be a reboot. Right. But when being such a huge fan of the original series, when the first series aired, it was groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. It was on primetime TV. Mm -hmm. They said the F word. There was sex. There was drugs. There was all Drinking. kinds of terrible things. Terrible in quotes, air, air quotes, quotes mm -hmm. that these young people were doing. And they did it all with their LG chocolate phones. Right. <laughs> right. Why'd you try to make that cool, CW? Oh my God. Um, but just like when they tried to make the sidekick cool on Gilmore. Girls. There you go. But there was so much about it where you're watching it and you're going, I can't believe I'm watching this on the CW. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm watching this on the CW. And here we are. And by the time that show ended, and then now, you know, it's been 10 years, nine, mm -hmm. 10 years since that show ended. It's almost as if as a society, we've been desensitized right. to this type of sensationalism because television largely is on streaming platforms mm -hmm. and they can say and do they can whatever get away they with want. a lot of stuff because HBO is pretty provocative, but yes. it was a subscription. So it could be because it's limited audience where CW is like anybody with an antenna has got CW. The first episode is being aired on CW. I am oh. unsure tomorrow. Ooh, I so wonder how they're late. gonna. I wonder how they're if they're gonna clean it up because there's no space for commercial breaks. I don't I'd be curious. know. I, I, it's an hour and a half on the CW. Oh, interesting. It's from eight to nine thirty oh. tomorrow night. And so, Shit, do I have the CW? Can I watch it? On everybody the CW? has the CW. <laughs> that's the point, right? Everybody has the CW at eight o'clock at night on a Tuesday. I know that's pretty OMF risky. GG, like that was crazy. That's right? risky. Yeah. Um. So there is an element to this that it doesn't feel. I it doesn't feel so racy to me, and maybe that is life experience on my old part. You know that's. Or maybe that is, and, and it just goes to remind me my youth is gone. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is the desensitization of society as a whole due to the way that we view and stream content now. I mean, I have everything in the tip of my hand. I yeah. can I can literally watch anything yeah. on my phone right. and I with the touch of a finger. Yeah. So there isn't the there isn't the anticipation. Now we do have to wait a week to see the next yeah, episode. So but it's that. not. <laughs> 
It's not the anticipation of, oh my gosh, what will they do next? Because we right. know where right. this is going. Because, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, when does this going to, when is this going to get provocative? Yeah. Where's the racy? Where's the racy? racy? Because, you know, for me, it's no, you've got, okay. You've got a, um, you've got a hint at a, at a menage a trois. Cool. Yeah, great. Okay, We've great. seen that. We've seen that. Oh, they, they maybe kind of thought about taking some ecstasy on TV. Okay. We've seen great. it. We've seen that. Anybody who's seen euphoria, I mean, but like with, especially with, um, Matt Wolf's character, there's so much potential there that I hope they don't get stuck in a trope of some kind. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking that because he is so fluid and I love that for him because I don't know how much we've seen of fluidity on you know it's been very much like someone's gay someone's bisexual we've had some non-binary characters but he's so just so much more fluid than anything I've seen before on tv that I I don't want them to move into a direction where he's a trope or a deviant of some sort because he's fluid and I like that that is that is something that's refreshing that we are seeing more and more in television where we're seeing fluidity and gay or bi and instead of it being a story arc where that's a coming out story right. it just is who that character is which and we, we need we don't have a we lot don't of. have to have a lot of emotions or conversations about it it's just who that person is yeah. and from the very beginning we just accept that that's how that person is and right. they're a person and this is their pre- preference and this is your preference and it's not it's almost like a non-issue right because that that's true inclusion right, right. to not have the storyline of the gay character or the gender fluid character or the sexually fluid character be about the fact that they are gay or gender right. fluid or sexually fluid because it, um, it there needs to be more than just like i've now come now i've come out and the story ends the right. story doesn't end it coming out we need to show positive healthy representation where and it I mean not it doesn't always have to be uh, positive in the sense that their life is positive but right. we need to show the after so kids who are struggling and living in areas who maybe don't feel comfortable coming out they can see like it gets better right like this gets better hang on and there are places you can live and places you can exist and spaces that you can belong mm-hmm. where you are so accepted that that isn't even a a thought register right so what do you think about because I feel like <laughs> being a mixed human myself, I feel like, and we've talked about this because you're one of my best friends. There's always this issue of, you know, not being enough for the black community, not really having a thing being mixed. Sometimes is controversial because people in their attitudes that did not come up in the show between the two girls, like the mixed girl did not have an issue and vice versa of, you know, the monoracial versus the biracial. And we don't see a lot of non-confrontational stuff, like when it comes to like the groupings, right? What am I trying to say? Let me put it this way. I didn't know how I needed to feel about it not being an issue. And then after I watched the second episode, I was like, I'm really glad it's not an issue. Because it could be. It could be. It could be an issue in some And way. I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be either. And somebody, another article I read, which I won't name because I don't want to give them platform for this particular comment, but they had commented that that's a missed opportunity on the show. And I, that, that, I was like, fuck you. 
you don't, you clearly don't know what it's like to be mixed and walk around the world and having both sides tell you that you don't fit in. Cause no, it's not a missed opportunity. I'm fucking tired of it. Give me the shit where we just exist and it's okay. Just like we were talking about being gender fluid and, and sexually fluid and that being non-issue, mm-hmm. even though it is a very real issue, it is a very, it's real a very issue. real issue, but we live in it every single day. I don't want to always watch it on TV. Isn't it refreshing to see it be a non-issue be acknowledged yes but not be the issue at hand yes if the story writers can rise above going there mm-hmm. for an easy storyline right because that becomes an easy story oh, really- we're gonna have a fight because your life was easier because of this and your life was harder because of this mm-hmm. and and but we've had that storyline over and over and over and over again in books in magazines in songs in television Mm -hmm. and movies it would be nice right it would be nice to see it just be just exist what it is Mm -hmm. it exists these two girls who are half sisters one of them is biracial and one of them is black Mm -hmm. exist on the same platform yeah and the the inequity in their lives is not is not the the lens of the inequities in their lives is not focused on that. Right. Right. Yes. That's a very good, very, very eloquent way to say that. <laughs> You're so smart friend. I love you. So where do we think episode two is going to go? Episode two. Okay. So episode two is going to be in my, this is my. Yeah. Um, because is- just for everyone to know, we end with the two girls just having this kind of cat fight, blowout fight of basically like, come at me, bitch oh, there's room for more than just you, bitch, was kind of the tone. <laughs> so I'm hoping they bring back Dorota. And I'm hoping Dorota shows up sooner than later. And I'm like hoping the that actual Dorota, Dorota or the actual char- Dorota. Okay. I want actual Dor- Dorota to be Julian's house nanny. Okay. Maid. I want her to exist in her building. I want that to end up being the same building that Blair, Blair Waldorf Walden. was from. Yeah. And that that is her housekeeper. She needs somebody that is not her friend's that she can confide in about who she is. And right now that character doesn't have anybody presenting as that in her life. She actually seems like an island. So I want to see where there's space for her to break down about her self within episode two or three. Yes. I think episode two is going to be petty wars. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to see them try to just be mean girls to each other. One of them is going to be meaner than the other. Luna, that's the other friend. Monet there you and go. Luna. Those are the henchmen. Terrible names. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I think we're going to see, and of course, I feel like Jillian's two friends are going to be a very big part of that because they are just mean, nasty girls. They instigated it. Especially an, yeah. Monet, is it? Yeah. The, mm-hmm. She's the especially nasty girl. Yep. Um, the other one's going to be your, um, mean girl, but she's like the more airhead quote unquote Mm -hmm. friend. Mm -hmm. Um, they're disposable. So like when you said that the cast is large and, um, you worry about the ensemble being so big so quickly, I feel like while their characters are main characters, I don't think that's going to last, especially if the especially if the series continues. Yeah. I, I feel like just as we saw in the original, 
they kind of fade out. Yeah, like right? Penelope sort of faded away and then came back a little bit yes. in the original. And you know, now that we talk about it a little bit more, I realize that we don't get any home life of Monet and Luna, but we do of all of the other characters. Yes. So I feel like they are important right now mm-hmm. to this part of the storyline, but I don't think they will last. And I feel like episode two is going to be Petty Wars. Yeah. It's going to be an alliance between Zoya and the now ex-boyfriend. Um, Did they officially break up? Is that your takeaway? That is my takeaway. Oh. My takeaway is, well, maybe it's it's complicated, but um, I felt like it was more of a breakup. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, least, I knew who you, re- I didn't know that you were really this way or some shit. I always knew you were like this or some shit And then to he her. got out of the car. Yeah, and he got and out then, of the car. And then it ends with him and Zoya's talking to each other about going to the strike line for the building that yes. his parents want to Because they're both socially active. So Zoya's got a socially conscious mind, which could potentially be a trope for somebody who is in a lower socioeconomic status. So I hope that they're very careful with that. I like that they made his character Otto. Yeah. I like that. Obi. Oh, yeah, Otto. Obi. Otto, but it's Otto, Otto Bergman. So they call him Obi. Okay. Obi. I like that they made Obi. <laughs> that name I remember. The, um, <laughs> I like that they made Obi the wealthiest character. Yes. On the show. And that he is also socially conscious. Like he is trying to break away from the fact that he was born into so much wealth Mm -hmm. because I believe he's like, um, like an inline, like he's Otto Bergman, the fourth or something. So, um, so he's trying to, you know, I'm not just our money. Um, and whether or not that's something he truly believes in, or if, or if it's just, kind of something he plays at remains to be seen. He does seem sincere. I think it's sincere and I think it's um, going to stick. And I think it's going to stick now more now that Zoya's in the picture. Yes. So I think that he and Zoya are going to form a friendship slash alliance and that his relationship with Julian is going to be put on hold. Yes. They're going to get back together at some point. This is a teen drama, but for now I'm saying it's complicated or they're broke up. Right. And there's serious petty wars going on. And yeah. Zoya's trying to not be the petty war girl because she's the she's still so to be she's still so new in this situation yes. too like she's still trying no to figure footing. out how to swim in this because like every time something posted on gossip girl she was like what is going on I'm I don't understand and you know they were they were quick to it because they live in that world not or necessarily scrutiny. the yeah, yeah the tabloids mm-hmm. yes and so she's just this girl from buffalo who got conned into moving to manhattan well and it gives me it's it's almost like she doesn't have a fair fight to have right so she's the real underdog yeah um so i'm so she's the dan humphrey in that sense but she's not the dan humphrey so that element of dan humphrey is in her well it's interesting because you know comparing it's hard it's hard it's, it's so hard i know i know why did you do this jason swordsman why didn't you just make them so completely different because you could have I'm not judging, but you could have. <laughs> I'm judging. So I need a clear path. Sort of, she's sort of Dan and Jenny. Yeah. She's Dan and Jenny. Because she's a freshman. Because she's a freshman. And Jenny and was a freshman. she's a young girl. Yeah. And she's on an art scholarship, yeah. which is what Jenny was on to get into Constance Spiller. And um, Jackie Kennedy. That's the other one she name drops. The teacher name drops about all these famous people. It turned out. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's Okay. 
Um, the original. Listeners, this is what happens when my friends are on the show. I, have, <laughs> I feel free to just shout shit out because we're so comfortable with each other. Go ahead, friend. The original um, Gossip Girl stems from a, a, series, a series of, of books. books. Yeah. And the original author, Cicely Vaughn. Von Ziegler, is that Ziegler, how you say it? She went to a Private preparatory school, school called Nightingale. I just assumed that she was the Serena you know how writers kind of always adopt themselves a little bit into their work? I always just assume that she was the Serena. I kind of always assumed she was Gossip Girl. Oh. Like that she was a, and I don't know this for a fact, but that she was a more quiet person mm. who observed and that these, a lot of the storylines that she used were obviously fantastical, yeah. but that also a lot of them actually happened in yeah. some form at her school yeah somewhere I think it's yeah. season three of the the OG she makes a cameo she does mm -hmm. I love it when shows do that when it's based on a book that's my favorite so anyway <laughs> back, so yes, back to what we want to see in season episode two episode two is going to be petty wars yeah I think and I want to see I want to see some serious character development that goes beyond the easy. I yeah. feel like a lot of the character development so far has just been the easy grab. Is that because it's the first episode? I, I, I don't think so. I think it's, I think there are shows who have come out of the gate with complicated characters from the jump and have done it really well. I feel like, I feel like there's an element of, or there's an element in Hollywood where you take something old and you stick it in a frying pan and you scramble it up with a couple of ingredients mm. and you shove it back out there. Yeah. And I'm nervous that that's where we're going mm. because I feel like, I feel like the producers and writers on the show are literally pulling from their own cookie jar yes. right so, out the gate. So one of the things that I noticed in my opinion is that the gossip girl voice isn't as strong this time. Exactly. It's a passive voice. Yeah. She's a passive voice. She's a tentative voice. Granted, we know from the beginning that it's the teachers and specifically the blonde teacher. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Kate, Kate Keller. Is that her name? Sure. No, no. That's, I think that's, that's I don't her think, name. I don't know. I don't know. I'm Linda Lachlan um, right now. She, she is a um, scared right now, mm -hmm. young teacher, and she is the voice of Gossip Girl. But even um, after she gets that killer cell to, you know, she's like, oh, I'm, this is going to cement us. Even that voice, yeah. after she decides that this is our, that we're, we are golden now, this right. makes us untouchable. And I forget what the instance was. Um, it still wasn't as strong. It was the, the picture of the two sisters with the drop of the lighter at oh, the yeah. fashion show. Yeah. Cause, and, um, yeah. Cause um, Julian walks in a fashion show. So it's going to be interesting to see whether they're going to continue to just pull out of their own cookie jar and like rehash a bunch of stuff and call it new. Um, or if we're going to get exciting, new, fresh takes new 21st century right and we're not 21st i mean we were in the 21st century when the first one it aired. still felt like but it was the early aughts it was the very early aughts we were in the middle of a recession mm -hmm. watching luxury on tv was a luxury mm -hmm. like because girls were cutting back on everything but lipstick because right. they did not have jobs because because the economy there changed. were no jobs yeah. uh, <laughs> so I, we're in a different place 
Yeah. I think that in episode two, we're going to see an actual coming to blows about Obi okay. or, or the beginning stages of, because they are going to go to that oh, yeah, thing together. The boy. And like, they always, you know, have this thing or, you know, they've clearly established that that's going to be the triad. Obi's going to be constantly getting in between the two sisters or um, a tool to be getting in between the sisters used by Gossip Girl. So I think it's going to happen in episode two. That that'll come to a head within mm-hmm. episode two. I can see that. I can see that it'll definitely be part of whatever their girl fight is or whatever gossip girl fuels to be their girl fight. And I also think that Audrey is going to start, like, we're going to actually start seeing her fantasize about Wolf. I would enjoy that. Because, you know, right now it's all sort of implied because he's just like, you know, you guys are monogamous and you're whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so at the end, when they're trying, she and her boyfriend are trying to be intimate and she can't get there, which I don't know what 16 year old knows how to understand that, but good on you, I guess. I don't know. Um, sarcasm, please don't write, tell me I'm a terrible person. Um, (laughs) and so, and so he says to her, oh, you can think about him. What? He's thinking about him too. Obviously. <laughs> so, so, so now I'm like, oh, we're gonna see some actual fantasies happening, and then we're gonna see by episode six, they're Absolutely. gonna totally take it. Absolutely, we're gonna see their threesome. Yeah, they're both interested in him, and he's down to play. And so that's definitely coming. That's yeah. definitely coming at some point. That they won't wait too long on that. I, you know, I is it a is it. <sighs> I'm going to, I'm going to believe you that they won't wait too long. They won't wait but too I long. But I also and then feel we'll like see. they might try and put it in the second half to get people to come in. Like, well, they won't they? That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how, I mean, when you. Because IMDb right now says that there's 10 episodes. I thought there was going to be 12. I did too. So when I'm so... looking at, and, and, you know, IMDb is not a reliable source for Gossip Girl, the sequel, because it's not showing the girl that plays the main blonde teacher on the list of credits. Okay. My understanding was it was six episodes now and six episodes in the fall. And um, I could be wrong. It could be six and four, but I don't know why you do six. Why and would four. you do six and four? That's five stupid. Five. So six and six is what my, what everybody's reporting as far as I've read. Yeah. When you write a show, it's not like the old sitcom days where they're writing every week for the next week right these shows are written out in entirety and sometimes multiple seasons are written out Mm -hmm. at a time um the storyline is written out all at once yeah which is nice for continuity right because in the binge watching era world Mm -hmm. you're more likely to catch oh hey that's not quite right because when we watch, when we go back and we watch old shows, we see, oh, well, they forgot that they did this or right. that this was here. Um, they can't afford those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all took on the Doctor Who way of writing television mm-hmm. or storylines and that they write an entire storyline. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see whether partway through they felt they were weak in some way mm-hmm. and that's why they did this. Or whether there's just such a great cliffhanger they wanted you to wait. To wait. Because the cliffhanger isn't really what could it be? The art the art of the cliffhanger, Sarah. Remember in 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 May when everybody would give you these like insane cliffhangers and then you had to wait three fucking months for the show to come you back? Wait till 
September 20th yeah for the show to come back and then yes I remember and now I mean now they kind of do that too with the whole streaming service situation but it's not the same because so are we so bringing like, back the art of the cliffhanger I feel like they are kind of because like Netflix is very big on we'll order a whole season and if it doesn't do well then we'll cancel it so like they have a lot of one season shows that have these cliffhangers that are never going to get resolved that never would have happened in network television so now I feel like when you get a really good cliffhanger and you know the show is coming back do you hold on to it oh it's just I don't know I gotta do I don't know if I do remember correctly about the old series the old series originally when it originally aired um I believe they did the whole thing where they had the cliffhanger and then they didn't come back till February like they stopped at like it took a winter break they took the winter break mm-hmm. and some shows do did that mm-hmm. I don't I can't even say do that some shows did that where they had a mid-season cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then you had to wait like a month and a half so and then they come back in February and they'd be back on February through April or May yeah. and 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 have your end of season cliffhanger or resolution right. depending on the show right um so i don't know why the split i'm real curious what the reason for the split is yeah because it's, it's gonna streaming drive, it's yeah so it's not like um scheduling right <laughs> it's not like there's a football game we need to watch right um <laughs> oh that was the worst you remember when they'd be like there's no episode this week because we're watching like because some, literally football <laughs> yeah. or the basketball yeah. finals or the olympics join us in two weeks <laughs> no i don't want to join you in two weeks i don't even fucking know what happens now is blair a princess or not <laughs> rude i'm 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 curious to see where this is going i do predict i i agree with you we're going to see some of the unfolding of the um love triangle between um Zoya and Julian and Obi mm-hmm. I do think that if not in the next episode then when it then within this first six episode arc we're going to see some old unfolding of Aki and Max Wolf and Audrey's mm-hmm. love triangle or polyamorous relationship mm-hmm. or wherever it's going wherever it goes, or yeah. where the jealousy is going to go there because that will happen mm-hmm. right we have to we're waiting for it um, yeah because max is the best looking one out of all of them uh, you need a steely blue-eyed character to be the you know what i mean like well, we had nate archibald last time and thomas doherty is scottish I oh i didn't know he that is i should have scotland isn't terrible i i, I just thought i should have assumed because of doherty but that's like yes. not i mean he's scottish of- like grew up in scotland whole thing um started tv like kitty tv in oh, scotland gotcha. ended up on like soap opera kind of tv in england okay. on bbc and then um forayed into america with disney yeah um disney's the gateway drug ladies disney. and gentlemen we also got Chuck Bass. He's From, Welsh. Yeah, yeah. Ed West. Right? Ed West is Welsh. I was is that correct? Is he Welsh? Uh, your readers are all gonna or your listeners are all gonna crucify me, but I believe he's Welsh. I don't remember, but I will say I if Chuck Bass was playing his dad, I would believe it because their <laughs> bone structure is so similar. Oh, maybe like, the only no, it's not the only difference. I mean, obviously, you know, 
Jeff Bass could not Wolf be has, has light blue eyes and Chuck right. Bass has like They brown. did have a son. They did have a son. But so they'd like, only be like 12, right? Uh, yeah. He'd only be like 12. Nine or, yeah. But the point is, is I would believe it. I would believe it because or, he looks like he could be in the Bass family. Wait a minute. Didn't Gossip Girl do the thing where they shot forward for you? Yeah, at they the did. Very end? Yeah, the so, last episode they so fast forward. Their son in the last episode was like four or five. Four or five, yeah. So he could be a freshman or sophomore. Yeah, because like he was born in. So I mean, they could have. They could. Good, maybe. Maybe. So that's what I want to see in episode two. Yeah. Um, and into the rest of the series, it's hard to like. I didn't realize how hard it would be to like stick on just like this episode and this next episode. So I'm going to have to get better about coming down to it. I also feel like I struggled in that department too, because when I was writing notes, I was like, started comparing the old show and this show and then comparing to the book. And I was like, no, that's a whole different episode because we are recapping so and giving our say. thoughts about the, about this episode. Like, okay. The so fuck thoughts, am I doing? thoughts about this episode, although it sounds like we are giving it a scathing review. <laughs> And I understand that I'm still like for the moment hooked. Yeah, definitely, definitely for the moment hooked. Definitely going to, even if I hadn't made it a self-imposed job. Yeah. Um, definitely going to continue to Aaron. Yeah. I'm. I would recommend it as a guilty pleasure, mm -hmm. especially if you need like good clothes to look at. Um, yes, good fashion. Um, just escapism, escapism right? it's, an entire, it's an entire universe. Gossip girl always was, and always will be an entire universe of escapism for real life. Yeah. Um, I feel like after the year we've had, everybody can use a little bit of that. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely recommending to all of your listeners out there to tune in mm -hmm. and check it out. And, um, tell us what you think. Like, is it campy glee? Is it racy gossip girl? Is there a world in between? Yeah. Is there a world in between? Can you make that world? Are they making that world? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. And I tell you what, <laughs> I'm so glad that the, one of the leads is mixed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl, get it. I, I show I'm, us that duality of life but without like actually calling it out I appreciate you I could, I could be wrong I think that both of the leads in real life are mixed girls. really I think so we'll have to look it up and um, then um confirm next week that because yeah. I know that the character who plays Julianne is and that she said that the character was Spoke like it was her. written for her it yeah. was just for her yeah um and I believe that the the character the girl who plays Zoya and I cannot remember Whitney Peak. Whitney Peak, yeah, that's right. Whitney Peak is Canadian and something else. Oh. And um, I believe she's also a mixed girl. Oh, I love it. Also, though, I have to add that um I love that Julene has a shaved head. Do you remember when I had a shaved yes. head? Yes, I do. <laughs> like, can we get more accurate to what I looked like in high school? <laughs> it's you at 17. It's fine. Fine. it's beautiful just makes me so happy right like yes girl i have that shape validation <laughs> that was a that's a look. you know all the people that gave me fucking shit for having a shaved head in high school i'm Called just like yeah and like <laughs> and like they said very mean things about implying that i was a lesbian but in a mean way oh you know that kind yes. of shit because it was the early aughts but still i'm just like 
fuck you guys. Enjoy that shave. They're just running around with shaved heads all the time. We're here for it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I wish I'd had the guts to do it when I was young. Oh, I would not do it now. I wanted, I wanted um Domino Harvey hair. Yeah. So bad in the early aughts. I wanted to shave it all except for a front piece. Yeah. I, I like, did I fringe for a while it. too. Yeah. I can't I do it. I <laughs> I just feel like we were robbed. The early 2000s were terrible. The, <laughs> the eyebrows were skinny. The fashion was terrible. The economy was non-existent. <laughs> we made it. Mill- older millennials are fucked. We're tired. <laughs> we're tired. We can't retire. We can't afford homes. Just kidding. Rant, yeah, so, so I rant now, for another day. So now we watch escapism television and grade it through our sad eyes. Yes. Our sad what do you call it? We're jaded. 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 I like it. I'm going to give it, a, I like it. I'll probably keep watching it, even if it irritates me. Oh, I want to watch it until I hate it and then talk <laughs> about how much I hate it. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yes. yes, we can. If they don't bring Lenny Bruce back, I'm going to be real upset. They would just give <laughs> Kirby. That's all you got. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. You got him up like four times, so you must really want him on here. Like he needs he, to exist. He needs to exist. And if he doesn't show up on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel this, I mean, Milo's going to be on season yes. four, so that's a nice compromise if Lenny Bruce doesn't come back. Yes, but and please know, listeners, that I do know who the real Lenny Bruce is. Um, Luke Kirby just plays Lenny Bruce on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, so. Handsome. He's very handsome. Yeah. And he's got some kind of sex appeal. I don't know what it is. Is he a basic white boy? Because we know I have a thing for basic I white boys. I have sure. no gauge or radar anymore. Anyway, listen, folks, if you have HBO Max, get into Gossip Girl. If you don't, tune in the next day on the CW and join us next week when we recap episode two. And yeah, it's going to be great. Sarah, I'm so glad you were here. I'm super excited. And we want to hear from you guys. I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your report card. What would you give this show? What yeah. are you What are you wanting to see from it? What do you want us to talk about? Is there some subject we're missing? Because yeah. we are not the all of the encompassing universe of Gossip Girl. So if we're missing something glaring, please tell us. Tell me. Tell us. Find us on Instagram. Pop culture makes me jealous. Also, I realized that I'm way more fun on my actual Instagram. So if you wanted to find me there, you can. It's the Julia Washington. So until next week, folks, we'll see you then. <laughs>